Welcome to Minx Your Morning, a podcast and Instagram live show brought to you by me, Liat Horowitz, your coach and cheerleader, helping you live the life you love. This is the daily dose of motivation you need to lift your spirits, clarify your goals, and set your intentions for a power day ahead. Stick with me to learn how to minx your morning and elevate your life. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Mark Champagne. He's a top podcast host, as well as the author of a thought-provoking brand new book entitled Personal Socrates. On this episode of Minx Your Morning, Mark explains how just one question can change your life. We delve into how gaining clarity, loving with intention, and asking great questions culminate in mental fitness and success. I really loved this conversation and feel that it couldn't have come at a more timely moment. I hope that you will enjoy it as much as I did. Here we go. Hi, Mark. How are you? I am 100% super excited to chat with you. And me. Likewise, I would love for you to start by just taking a moment to actually introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what your latest achievement is and how you got here. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And I obviously echo your, your sentiments about you know, just following your intuition, reaching out to people that you think that you'd vibe well with. Life is too short not to meet awesome humans and have conversations like these, you know? So thank you Absolutely. for that. Who am I? I mean, a question that I've asked probably 250 times now on my podcast and people come on. So I should always be ready <laughs> for this question. And I never am because I think who we are now always evolves, right? So for me, if you don't answer that question, there are some fundamental values, obviously. And one of those just being, I think I've always been just a curious person and, and someone who likes to show up with energy and, and try to be happy and leave people with that vibe because then we all win. So, I mean, those are like kind of the fundamentals of the core, I guess the core values. What's changed over the years are the projects and the things I've been involved with. And most recently, just being all in on helping people find mental fitness practices and mm -hmm. specifically the questions that can really help our minds thrive. And that has looked different over the years, I should say. I mean, that started with me doing a practice like journaling or reflection for about a decade when I was in the corporate world to then following the idea of, you know what, there's got to be a better way to help guide people into this practice. And specifically at that time through a digital method, mm -hmm. which was the, the launch of a, an app that, that I had co-founded. And then now most recently, taking that same, I mean, it's all the same theme and it's all the same objective of bringing in prompts and these practices and bringing in a relatable narrative from all of these different people to show that we can all do this. And that's the latest. That's the book. Personal Socrates. The that's fact me. that you have it in your hands must be just the most surreal and incredible experience. Yes. I remember when the first draft was submitted, my wife was asking, you know, like, how do you feel? And I felt grateful and excited, but it didn't really hit until mm. 
there was an actual physical copy. You know, I, right. I even, pr- I remember I printed the stack. I still have the, the stack of just <laughs> from the first draft, which is terrible for the environment, but I feel like I had to feel that. <laughs> it still didn't really, you know, it didn't really land. It was like, okay, that's interesting. It looked big because there's, you know, 63,000 words in there. But it was when this arrived, not just because of the accomplishment or feeling the accomplishment of actually writing the book, mm. but also the, the journey that it took to get to this place Mm. And even finding the publisher, Baron Fig, and producing a book that I've always wanted to experience in the sense of that the book stays open when you open it at any page, it lays flat, oh. which is Baron Fig, you know, because they, have, they wow. have all these lay flat journals. And wow. just that the page quality or the, the yeah, the page quality is, is a little bit higher than what you'd expect. And there's just small little details so that when, you know, when I got the actual product, it was wow, it, it, like it all came together. It's a real experience, it yeah. sounds like, reading yeah. it. Oh, that's fantastic. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. When you sent me the information about it, I was, and I I remember like looking into it and watching the trailer. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but my interest was piqued because mm-hmm. you spoke about the, this concept of asking yourself questions and even just one question if you ask yourself in the right way and you're thoughtful about it, could really change your life. So I want to go back to this concept of asking questions. And how did you have this moment of thinking, oh, this is a concept that I resonate with and actually want to then write a book about? Can we talk about the questions and that, that part of it, please? Yeah. Well, the questions, I mean, I'm a bit obsessed with questions, first and foremost, because we all ask them. I really think like our lives are essentially a series of questions and answers, right? What do we yeah. want to do? Where do we want to work? Where do we want to live? Who do we want to be with? Yes. And we ask them, but we don't always give a lot of thought to those questions that we're asking. I'm generalizing, but just day to day. Obviously, big life moments are, are the situations where we you know, typically slow down and really start to think about these things. But what I've noticed is that after spending years interviewing just incredible humans from so many different backgrounds that they take a lot of time to still their mind and ask those type of questions on the regular. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I started my journaling practice about a decade ago, I was just pulling questions that I was coming across through books I was reading or blogs or magazines. And when podcasts started to come out, I was listening for the questions because the question allows you to pause and take that knowledge and actually make it applicable usually to your own life or whatever situation you're in. Mm -hmm. So that was the first glimpse into the power of these questions. Then it got real serious real fast after we we had started the the journaling app Keo, which we did really well with in the sense that we reached literally 86.9 million people. I was reading about that. I mean, that's going to have to be a whole nother episode. That is fascinating. Thank you. I'm super grateful that that happened. And, you know, there are a lot of factors that that led to that. But ultimately, unfortunately, the story, you know, doesn't stay on that high because we had to delete the app. We just financially and mentally couldn't keep it going anymore. There's, you know, there are a ton of reasons, primarily technology and Mm. and very standard kind of startup reasons Mm -hmm. for that. But, the reason I share that is because when I had to delete the app, I mean, those were the hardest and the darkest moments of my life. 
because I wasn't just deleting that, I was deleting my identity for the last three years. And I was deleting the vehicle that was keeping me in a space that I knew in my core was the place to be working. I know that these practices and and this work, like this is what lights me up. Mm -hmm. And I just deleted what was supposed to keep me into this. And now, you know, the worst case scenario was always going to be, well, I can just go back to the past industry that I was in. And that it just didn't feel aligned anymore because I had found this, right? Mm. And I definitely slipped into depression. I was definitely going into deep depression. And it wasn't until thinking and slowing down and really dialing into the present moment and some some solid gratitude practices, the pause, the looping narrative, that I realized that any point we're one question away from a completely different life. Because at that moment, I asked myself, what do I want for my life? And that's what pulled me out of that loop. Because without that question, I was asking questions like, how could we fail at such a colossal level? What will my ex-colleagues think? What will my family think? What kind of self-judgment would be there, right? So that other question, which is progressive, pause Mm. that long enough to then make a plan. Mm. Who do I need to speak with? Like, what do I want my days to look like? All of that. That's what actually stimulated the idea of Okay, well, like it can't stop, even though the app, you know, didn't work. It worked in so many other facets. I mean, it's the reason I have a podcast. It's the reason you and I are talking. It's the reason why I'm excited about all of this work. And it's the reason that there's a book now about it as well. It is so interesting because sometimes in life you think you found something, this is it, but you don't know that it's actually just a stepping stone to the next thing. And yes, it's very difficult and oftentimes heartbreaking when that thing has to dissolve or come to an end or you break up with someone, whatever it is. Yeah. But you don't know what's waiting around the corner. And so this is where I was so intrigued by your story because as a coach and as a curious fellow human like you, questions are my jam. Like that is, that is like everything to me. And so the minute you I read that line, you were just one question away from a completely different life. I was like, that is so powerful because it's so true. Yeah. Because the thing is, people don't generally stop to really ask themselves these big yeah. questions that actually could change everything. It's big in the sense of, you know, one question can lead us to a different path or a different life. But then there's also one question can literally change your mood in an instant on the daily, right? Mm. If you think of if you're, you know, feeling down or you woke up not feeling great or whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, just pausing and asking a question like, what can I celebrate about my life? Who Mm. can I celebrate in my life immediately? Like you can't be upset and fearful and scared and all of that and grateful at the same time. We're never in those two states at the same time. So Mm. Again, this is where I'm so biased with questions because yes, and I've seen it happen. You can completely change your life. And I've seen a question save someone's life as well, multiple times just through the interviews. But in the moment, like right now, today, within five minutes from now, like we can use these questions to completely Mm. change the outlook or the outcome of today. Okay, so you drew on... A lot of successful and very interesting people in your book and their experiences of life and I guess question asking. I have yeah. yet to read this whole experience. However, 
all the names, some of the names that you chose and the people that you chose to feature, incredible, incredible souls. Robin Williams, Kobe Bryant, Maya Angelou, Rosa Parks. I mean, there was a, such a long list and I looked through the thing. So how did you choose? Who inspired you? How did you go through this process? I'm interested. Tell us. Yeah, well, thank you for asking. I mean, at first, the idea was I've got definitely a list of people that I've interviewed over the last three years that, I mean, it's over 200 people now. So there's no shortage of stunning humans. The issue was that about a third or half of the book feature people like that. I mean, some people might know these names like James Clear or Naveen Jane or Melissa Ambrosini, but many won't, right? Mm. We don't all follow the same people or recognize the same work. So then the idea was, well, the whole premise behind the book is to meet people where they're at right now in their life through a story that means something or through a person that they can, oh yeah, that clicks. So then the idea was, well, how can I find legends of the past that no matter who you are, you're going to recognize the name. So that's where a lot of these names came from. And then it went into a process of, of trying to figure out, okay, well, let's make sure there's a, a diverse group of people that have mm-hmm. done very different work in their lives. So again, you know, it's not just the meditation instructor or coach or the yoga instructor that are doing these practices. It's the strategist, the painter like Picasso oh. or Jane Austen in terms of a literature icon, right? That we can all learn from their story and their work through the lens of mental fitness. Not all of the questions are directly from them specifically, but more so the prompts were inspired by how they thought and some of their work, right? Like Picasso is a great example that I I actually got so much out of just doing the research and writing the profile because it caused me to stop and think of my life in a different way. Because through the research, what I found out was that Picasso went through all these different phases in his work. He's got the blue phase of his paintings. He's got the rose phase. The blue phase was when his best friend committed suicide. So he was, he was depressed. Wow. So you'll see a lot of that work. People are kind of looking down. The colors are muted and a little bit darker. And some of those paintings are masterpieces, right? That, that they still obviously hang in museums today. And then there's a complete opposite phase, which is the rose phase, when he met his wife and, and fell in love and the colors start to bloom, for example. Right? Wow. And the realization of going through that research and, and seeing all this information was all of our lives are kind of like that. Like we go through these different phases and what makes Picasso Picasso is that it, it's his whole body of work. It's not mm. just one phase, right? So how can we look at our lives from that perspective and thinking about what has happened before? If I had to put a color to the last five years of my life, what would that color be? You know, was, oh. I in the, was it red? Was it blue, green? And what would that mean? And it's just all to get to clarity. Yes. You know? Clarity yes. of where we've come from, where we're going, and deciding, this loops into Jane Austen's profile, but deciding how we want to write the next chapters of our life and our work and who's going to be in that book, right? So it's just all of these, all of the profiles, everything in the book is to just provide a a different twist or a different perspective to kind of get you to do, huh, Huh. I never really thought about that in that way, but that that makes sense. And I can get value from that quickly in two to four pages. (laughs) Exactly. Well, what's interesting about what you're saying is that... 
you've taken a concept that isn't necessarily brand new. However, the way that you've put it and the way that it sounds like you've packaged it and researched it and now written it and are now sharing it really gets you to stop in your tracks and think. And I think that is truly brilliant, to be honest. And I'm like, now I'm just like itching to get more into it because there's a lot of, especially on social media, and if you're looking for it, if you're open to it, a lot of people sharing stuff about personal development, personal growth, mental health, and so on. But I find that it's become quite, not cliched in a bad way. I just feel quite common. Like there's a lot of commonalities between messages that are coming out from a lot of people. This is something to me that is fresh and new. Taking that original concept, but shining a light from a different angle, from the question angle, not just gratitude, not just mindfulness. Yeah, it's more than not new. It's literally the Socratic method. I mean, Socrates was born in 469 BC. So the method has essentially been around since the beginning of time in a way. But what I found interesting is that Again, we all ask questions. We all kind of follow that method in a way, but we have no idea that we're doing it. There's an opportunity, I should say, to be more intentional with how we use that method. Yes, yes. So that's when it got really exciting because I didn't know much about Socrates other than, oh yes, he's the guy that asks question after question. It's kind of (laughs) the the gist of my knowledge on that. I didn't study philosophy and I, I, I didn't go to law school where people like that would dive into this a little bit more. But I got really interested when I started diving into the method and seeing how other scholars were writing about what is the method. And what kept coming up was that this method was used primarily in an academic setting. And most people talk about it from an academic, like getting students to ask a big question and then ask follow-up questions, essentially to go from surface level to the core of what you're trying to figure out, or in their case, make the argument. And then there were these six question types that people were coming to to explain the type of questions in the method. And you know, some of them are you know, clarity-seeking questions or challenging assumptions. And I mean, there are four others that I can't just name off without... They're in the introduction of the book, mm. but I, I can't remember from, from memory. And that was the problem. If I can't remember these question types, there's no way I'm going to use this in daily life and think, okay challenging assumption question or seek clarity. I mean, it's just, we don't operate like that. Right. What made it fun and what I'm trying to do with the book is, again, modernize this method to make it relatable so that the structure that we go through, it's, it's automatic. And the structure for me is you have to first get clear and there are questions to help understand who we are, who we're optimizing to become, where we want to go and, and so forth. And then you move into living intentionally and the habits and the questions to help you be more intentional based on what you figured out in that clarity piece. What will I do today? What is my mental fitness routine or my exercise routine? Or do I want my life to help me in certain ways? Like now you're being intentional. And the mm. third phase just happens by default if you're doing the first two, is that there's an expansion of possibility because we're clear and we can see the path forward. It's like you open a door to a clogged room filled floor to ceiling with boxes. And you know there's a door back there somewhere, but you can't see but it. But you can't see it. Our minds are the same thing because of all these emotions and relationships and a huge amount of decisions that we have to make all day. So if we can 
blow out some of that mental fog or that mental clutter, our minds can draw the connections. Okay, so so when is the program or the course or the, I don't know, this process, when are you running this? I'm in, I'm ready. Well, I mean, there's, there is some discussion <laughs> of that, probably more next year. I mean, right now, I just want to get the book out. I'm doing some of this on the corporate side of things and running okay. some corporate, what I'm calling mental fitness activations. Just because, I mean, I'm, I come from that world and it's really hard for us to do our best work when our mind is fogged. You can push through and fight and kind of grapple and whatnot to say, okay, that's the, that's the path I want to take. But I think back when I was a brand strategist, you have all these inputs, sales, mm. analytics, mm. you know, market research. And I mean, to be able to take all that in and then come up with a really solid plan forward, I mean, it takes mental clarity and totally. attention. So I wish I had, I mean, I had some of these practices when I was in that, that world, but I wish I had all of them because mm. there's so many different tools that we can pull from to actually do this. And then not only do we feel better, but our work is better. The people around us feel better because when you're in a happy state and feeling motivated and alive about the work you're doing, so do the people around. It's infectious, right? Absolutely. It's like you're preaching to the choir, the choir being me, because this couldn't have come at a better moment. I'm serious. You know how we were like debating on the dates? Like today, I needed to hear this and I think other people absolutely need to hear this and my people for sure. As a curious person... I also tend to be indecisive because I like to ask all the questions and think of all the options. And I'm just curious from your perspective, Mm -hmm. since you've been, you're so like knowledgeable on this process and the concept of asking questions and making decisions. What would you say to someone who is naturally indecisive about them asking these questions, but then being stuck with like too many options to decide on or to to answer those questions. This one's always hard for me because I am, like you, I'm, I'm naturally curious. So it's, it's hard to relate to that person. But I've had enough conversations now with, with people that have expressed, you know, kind of that frustration. And I think just the easiest way to get into this, if that's your makeup, essentially, and there's, you know, it's not right or wrong, obviously. You know, first of all, hold the self-judgment and release that. I think if you, whether it's journaling or any of these practices, probably the, the best place to start is to list out your operating principles. Like for me, for example, for journaling, I'm not here to judge myself in a negative way. I'm not mm-hmm. here to journal and plan on submitting that to Fast Company. I mean, it's grammar, spelling, all none of that matters. You know, I'm here to just take what I need from the practice and change it, whether that's processing emotion or releasing emotion or actually priming the mind to perform and be motivated for the day and and unlock all this creative thinking. That's the whole other side of these practices. So I'd say first start with, you know, setting up some operating principles for yourself so that you can hold yourself accountable and not feel that pressure for one thing. Because then when the pressure is gone, then you can go into and really follow your intuition on the questions that feel right. I wrote the book, in the introduction of the book, the guidance is read the whole introduction, which will only take a few minutes. But then from there, just go into the table of contents and look at the prompts or the people and you know let your finger run down that list. And wherever it feels right to stop, that's probably where you need to start. Oh, good. So it doesn't have right. to be sequential. You can jump around. You can't. We'll always get back to 
starting with some sort of clarity, but I would say start, right? Mm. Start somewhere. So even in the section for clarity, or it's not just this book, whether you're reading another book and there, there are questions there, or there, you're listening to podcasts and people are leaving some reflective questions, the questions just give us the opportunity to pause and to cut whatever else is happening. If you start where it feels right, then it's usually more applicable. And what about when you get to a point where you've followed your intuition towards a question in life? Sure. You're trying to be still and answer it. But there are, I mean, big questions like you say, who do I want to be today? What do I want to focus on today? Where do I want to live? Who do I want to be with? Those are big questions. When they are multiple possible answers or solutions to these questions for someone who's indecisive, how do you, how do you navigate that? Do you say maybe like put all the options out and then like take some time to feel them out and then like follow the intuition towards one? Do you have any advice as to how to navigate indecision in general? I think is what I'm asking. Yeah. So that's when, you know, starting with the idea of getting clear first is, is helpful because what you're suggesting is that then after the clarity piece is the acting or thinking or making decisions with intention, which could be all over the place. If you don't know what you're trying to push forward, for example, or flow Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, I would definitely ask a question of just like, who am I now? How do I identify right now? How do I feel right now? And who do I want to become? Is there a gap? Maybe there isn't a gap. Yes. I love that. That's great too. But First, I, understanding, you know, who do I want to become? Or another way, James Clear's question in the book is, who am I optimizing to become? For yeah. example, and that leads into the next section, because if we're clear on how we want our ideal day to feel and look like, for example, doesn't mean we're going to have all of that and that we're living this massive happiness fest every day. Yes. But at yes. least we know, I know that for the most part, the, the majority of the morning is usually reserved for creative thinking and work and writing and whatnot, this being obviously an exception, but (laughs) on average, that's the intention. And then the rest of the day is working on projects and and meetings and podcasts and things like that. But had I not spent time thinking about that, then I'm pulled all over the place. Totally. And then you start feeling scattered. So list that stuff out and and back to the original question of your thought. If it feels like there's a lot on the page there, then let it sit. Let it sit for a couple of days. We default to trying to make things complicated and to being really productive in really everything that we do when, in fact, some of the best decisions are made when we, we, we slow down and bring some stillness. Take a walk after you've done this, right? And then come back to that that afternoon or the next day and just look at it. What feels right here? What feels right? I mean, and go there. Okay, well, you know what? I'll start there. And then the next step would be, okay, well, this is what feels right. Then what's the next step to start that? What has just like jumped out at me as a bit of an aha moment is the question, what feels right? Yeah, we're always up here in our heads. Oh my gosh, so up here. And I mean, I'm just speaking from a very personal perspective the children back at school and the activities and post lockdown and working and building a business and renovating. And like, there's just so much going on that you get stuck in the practicality and the rush and the expectation of every day. 
Yeah. That that question is just pretty mind-blowing. I'll never forget. And what comes to mind as you're saying this is that I remember interviewing a billionaire entrepreneur by the name of Naveen Jain. And he's in the book as well. And just such a stunning human. He's running a space company. I think he's the only private company licensed by the U.S. government to land on the moon. He's running a health company that the, where the vision is to make chronic disease a choice and not just something that happens. So like big businesses in, in the sense that it has you know, a ton of opportunity to, to affect a lot of people. And he had told me, he said, you know, I get all this information from people with deals or businesses or whatever, where there's basically a big decision that has to be made. And I, I see all these spreadsheets, the numbers, the presentations, all of this. But at the end of the day, when a big decision has to be made, I ask everyone to just clear the room and I say, I need 15 minutes to myself. And what he does in those 15 minutes is closes his eyes and visualizes the decision being made six months down the road. How do I feel with that decision being made six months down the road? And if something at all feels off, the decision is no. I remember that really landed with me because here, again, like we can all make the excuses that we don't have time to do that and this and that. I mean, here is someone running some pretty massive businesses that's taken 15 minutes that after the decision, and he shared this with me, those are million dollar decisions that he said has saved me millions of dollars in the long run, for example. So all to say, I mean, I think it's a combination of up here and in our heart, but we default to our minds all of the time. And it's really hard to then trust your mind when it's fogged and stimulated with all this different emotion that may not be serving us at that moment. Absolutely. Mark, thank you for reaching out, for showing up, for asking the questions, for writing the book. We have to meet in person, that is for yes. sure. Just because I'm in the mode of like in-person retreats and programs and experiences and coaching right now, I'm picturing you need to do like an in-person full-day personal Socrates retreat where like yeah. people come and you just guide us through it and teach us, please do it. Like do it. Make <laughs> well, it happen. Give me a hand. I'm new to this world. That's for sure. But I, I was, I was going to offer, but I didn't want to be presumptuous. We'll talk about it for 2022, Mark. That's what I'm thinking. All right. That is okay. Awesome. Let's put it on the books. Before we go, tell us how to find your book. Tell us how to find you. Tell us where to find you. Tell us everything. Thank you so much. And thank you for your energy. I mean, what a great way to start the day. All the links are in my bio on here, but also the, the main, my main website is behindthehuman.com. Mm. And that's the name of the podcast as well. And you'll see the book and all the social handles and whatnot. I'm accessible. So I mean, please message. I mean, shoot me the questions and it doesn't have to be from the book, but just questions in your life that have really made a huge shift or help you on a frequent basis, because as you can probably gather by now, I'm quite obsessed with them. And I have literally a running list of thousands of these prompts. So I love that so much. Take this as a moment in your life to stop and pause and let Mark's work, research and writing guide you through this process that perhaps that one question could change your outcomes, your life, your mood and your day. So thank yeah. you so much, Mark, Enjoy. to be continued. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Minx Your Morning. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, I would love it if you could take a moment to write a short review. 
rate this episode, and also subscribe to the Minx Your Morning podcast. That way, other passionate and driven people just like you will be able to find it. And if you're interested in kickstarting your dream life, book a complimentary trial coaching call with me over at www.liathorovitz.com and come and hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Liat Horowitz. Have a minxful day and see you next time. Oh,